What's up, everybody? Oh my god, you don't have a what's drink, do you? What's going on? I do have a drink. Oh, you do have a drink. <laughs> okay. With mm-hmm. the, uh, I, I'm on location today for the podcast, and uh, with the Apple AirPods, they do this noise thing, so it probably wouldn't even pick up the. Anyways, so insert audio clip there. (laughs) Yeah, for those of you wondering about uh, the audio quality, it's like a completely different setup for Eric today. So (laughs) yeah, so hopefully it's not not too bad. So I apologize. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, cool. We're the Crossroads Music Podcast. We are a weekly music podcast where we tend to ramble about things and then eventually talk about music. Uh, but just to kick things off, thank you for the raid, chasing dragonflies. Uh, yes thank you so much guys and everyone that's coming over from over there um but eric let's kick this off uh what's your drink of choice for today so today i saw this at the liquor store and i'm like you know what i got it just because based off the label um because label isn't good marketing or they say uh it's a stout it's called the cookie jar oatmeal fudge stout with sea salt so it's eight percent It's brewed out of Port Moody, BC, which uh, I can't remember if that's north or south. So <laughs> all the uh, all the ports end up mixing together, and they, they end up becoming a blur. But that is the label right there, the cookie jar stout. So it's like a little cookie jar. So it's just a dark, darkest tar beer, which is my favorite type of beer. So um, let's give it a shot. You know what would be interesting? Like a cookie dough beer. Ooh, yes, that would be good. I wonder if anyone's done that yet. We should we should start a brewery like Rush, and then, <laughs> and then we can Just create the cookie cookie dough stout <laughs> border. <laughs> that would be our first beer, the Crossroads Music beer, <laughs> or I don't know what we call it. So how mm. is how is this? That's good. It, it's more chocolatey. I, I don't have like, like a cookie taste, but it's definitely, it reminds me of when you get a chocolate chip cookie, like one of those like artisan style ones oh. with like a bit of salt on it. Interesting. It's like, just like a little dabble of salt. Like that's what it tastes like, but it tastes more chocolatey than actually like, I don't, I'm not getting the cookie flavor, but, but it's still good though. I'm enjoying this. I got two of them. So we'll see how this podcast goes because it's 8%. So <laughs> <laughs> all right let's uh let's get into some music talk uh eric what have you been listening to this past uh i guess two weeks now two and a bit two weeks Something um like so i realized within this two-week period i had an epiphany that i should start writing these albums down that i listen to or start deleting them off my phone <laughs> because i'm like have i already mentioned this one yet so um but i'm gonna take a stab at it so if i'm mentioning it again i i apologize but uh but uh, uh, the biggest thing was Young the Giant. I remember I talked about their Act 1 and Act 2. Uh, they came up with an Act 3 called Battle um, in their series. And I actually listened to all three of them together. And it's it's kind of a cool, cool story. Um, it's it's almost like a mythical like tale about uh, male and female. Like it's, it's, it's actually pretty, it's a neat concept album. And I'm wondering if nice. after these EPs, they're going to have some sort of special edition or something that you can buy. Um, like a box set yeah yeah that'd be kind of neat um and then it would be kind of cool like because uh i didn't get a chance to look it up but from what i've heard it's it has actually had something to do with some indian folklore because his heritage is from india right so i i think it would be kind of neat to, to hear about that 
Um, there's two albums. I don't, I don't know which one to mention first, because I always like to mention the last one as like the good one that I love. But these are both like I love both these albums. Uh, so I'll mention uh, the Headstones. Uh, Flight Risk came out. Um, it's an awesome punk album. Like it's a punk rock album. And uh, they go back to their original roots, like Tweeter and the Monkey Man kind of sound oh, nice. to it, which is neat. So I, I'm really, I'm really happy with how the album turned out. Uh, I've been cranking it. There's one song that's kind of annoying, um, and I was just like, "What the hell is he saying?" Over and over and over again. And then it's like the line was, "Is it still?" That was the question. That that's like, "Is it still?" And he kept saying it over and over again. I'm like, but I thought it goes, "Is it still?" Or are you real? Like, like you have those like that mind fuck when you're when you're yeah. listening to it and you're like, what is he saying? So I looked at the lyrics and it's. Um, but last and not least, I would have to say I enjoyed this album more because I'm a huge blues fanatic. Uh, Buddy Guy came out with his Blues Don't Lie album, yeah, and this nice. album is thick. This this guy can still play the guitar. Um, he has a song on here uh, with Elvis Costello that he does, uh, "Symptoms of Love." Uh, I think you would dig it. Um, it's nice. it's pretty cool because it's like Elvis Costello at his punk kind of pop mixed with Buddy Gar Buddy Guy's blues guitar. So oh, that's it's, so interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. All right, it's it's a wonder that Buddy Guy could still play at that level at his age. Oh man, he has a song um, "Follow the Money" uh, with uh, James Taylor that he plays on this album. And it's like, James, it's like, it's a folk song. And then he just rips into this blues rep. And you're like, wow. <laughs> like, like this guy is like, what? He must be in his eighties, close to his eighties. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Somewhere. There. And, and he's, he's just shredding the guitar, but, but it's fascinating. Cause then you see like Eric Clapton on Ozzy's album there, like, and he could Pretty still freaking play. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh man, I wish we we could still play like that. Chasing <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dragonflies got lost in the raid, but uh, yeah, thanks for finding your way and making it here. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for raiding us, Chasing Dragonflies. I heard the stream was awesome. I'm yeah, on location, yeah. so I couldn't tune in at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> I have limited resources for my tech. Yeah. Um, nothing really notable on my ends, to be honest. A bunch of, I don't know. It's sort of hard to find. Like, actually, no, I'm not gonna mention it this week. I'll mention it next week because it's sort of a, a spoiler. But um, yeah, honestly, like I've been listening to some. Actually, there's one song. Um, I don't know if you listen to like pop radio uh, at all in the car, but like, there's a song on the radio right now. Uh, Victoria's Secret by Jax. It's pretty good. It's mm. like she's uh I think she was like a former American Idol contestant and then she went viral on TikTok. Uh and then this is like her like mainstream song breakthrough. Um mm. it's pretty good. First when I listened to it I was like eh pop song, but then it's just like super catchy and it just kept playing on the radio over and over again. And the lyrics mm. are like this like uh I wouldn't say feminist but it's like pro like pro female empowerment type of thing i was like this is a pretty legit song so i was like i would recommend listening to it that's actually pretty good oh right on yeah so right on. listening to that a bit and other than that there's nothing really of notes but uh yeah i feel like once in a while with like pop songs like you get that one hit and then 
and, and it's like maybe it's just all the junk that comes out and then it's like this one hit that you're like you know what this is actually like a really good song <laughs> right like yeah. and it's kind of it, it's kind of neat that it's a lower like artist right yeah, like yeah, yeah. or not lower artist but like you know what i mean like not yeah, as like, famous yeah 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 chasing dragonflies thinks i was brainwashed into liking it just because they played it over and over again <laughs> that could be a possibility yeah too. here's here's the thing like when i first listened to it i was like ah that could have been better or that could have been a different chord or whatever like there was a lot of critiques there but mm -hmm. then once i like got rid of all of that shit like i actually enjoyed yeah. like listening to the song i was like eh, it's not bad <laughs> um cool let's move on let's do some uh today in music history so today is october 19th 1944 reggae musician peter tosh is born in Grange Hill, Jamaica. So I mean, I like Peter Tosh. Yeah, if you're talking about like reggae music, obviously Bob Marley's name is the you know the one mm -hmm. that everyone knows. But Peter Tosh is probably a number sol like a solid number two when it comes to reggae. I would say. I would say he's he's great. I know a lot of like actual hardcore reggae fans hate him <laughs> because <laughs> they're just like Peter Tosh is a, a hack and uh, like. I understand where they're coming from, but he does it well, though. Yeah. Right? He can't deny it, so. Uh, 1968, at Liverpool University, Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, John Paul Jones, and John Bonham perform as the New Yardbirds for the last time. Uh, after this show, they come out as Led Zeppelin. I would love to go see the Yardbirds. That is one thing. If I had a time machine, I would go back and see the Yardbirds. Which which incarnation of it? Do you want to see the Led Zeppelin incarnation of it? Or do you want to see no. the Jeff Beck version? The Clapton version? I would say Clapton or Jeff Beck. Oh. For sure. Okay. I would say I'd, I'd be more interested in Jeff Beck. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I know that's surprising because I'm a huge Clapton fanatic. But I I respect Jeff Beck as a guitar player yeah it's just so <laughs> even though i he he probably wasn't at that level yet mm. <laughs> of playing right as he is because if you listen to his earlier stuff compared to his newer stuff it's like miles yeah miles of difference but uh and a birthday today 1972 Proz of the fugees is born in brooklyn new york uh oh man the fugees are just such a good hip-hop group it's too bad they can't get their shit together. Uh, uh, I was going to say not good in the uh, in the house in house politics. Yeah, no, it's just like mm -hmm. that's what happens when you have like too many eccentric artsy types in the band, where everyone has like an opinion, like a really strong artistic opinion about how things should go. And once you have that, like mm -hmm. every single member in the band doing that, it's just like, it's just nuts. It's too much. Mm -hmm. I can see that being a catastrophe. Yeah. It's a train wreck watch watching it happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 1977 in Greenville, South Carolina, Leonard Skinner play their last show before their plane crashes uh, that kills three of their members. So last show by Leonard Skinner. Uh, with that, I guess that would have been their like classic lineup or considered to be their classic lineup. Mm -hmm. uh, 1979, following a legal battle with MCA Records, the third Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers album, Damn the Torpedoes, is released. 
I can't recall what's on there, but it's the one. It's the album cover that's sort of like magenta background and Tom Petty with a red shirt on the front. Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay. Uh, okay. I know what that's. Also on this day, 1979, Prince releases his sophomore album, self-titled Prince. Uh, it's his first album certified platinum for sales over one million. Um, oh, 1985, Norwegian band Aha has a number one hit with Take On Me. <laughs> <laughs> that song. I don't a know one what, hit wonder. <laughs> but I don't know what it's like. That song is just so good for whatever reason. I don't understand like why. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, I don't understand what it is either. Like like I, I remember reading somewhere about the origins of the story of how the song was created and the artist never thought that song was gonna be a hit. Mm-hmm. For some reason, and he thought other songs on the album were a hit, but like, like it's like a one-hit wonder almost, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Like you're bordering on that line, and then, like, th- that would be fascinating. I would love to hear more stories of albums that are like the artist, like this is definitely going to be a single, and then it's like, <laughs> nope, it's on the B side, bitch, <laughs> right? Because. Yeah. Because I always find that fascinating. Like I remember Toby Keith with his song Red Solo Cup, right? Mm-hmm. Like he never thought that song would ever make it big. He's like, this is just a filler for the album. And it became huge in the country world. Yeah, it's like um, the song Beth by Kiss, right? It was written by mm-hmm. the Catman, Peter Chris, their drummer. <laughs> they released yeah. it as a B-side. And everyone, I forget mm-hmm. what the A side even was, but like radio stations just like didn't like the A side. They flipped it over and they're like, "Oh, we'll play Beth uh, on the radio," and it just became a huge hit. <laughs> and they never intended yeah. it to be. Yeah. yeah, and and when when in the world does a drummer write the music? <laughs> it's <laughs> also it's also like yeah. a love ballad by Kiss, so it's like the strangest like hit mm-hmm. for Kiss to have at that point. So cheesy too. Yeah. It's so cheesy, <laughs> but it but it works. Yeah. But yeah, Take on Me has that like just that vibe, right? Yeah, it's such a to f- it. funny song. And Chasing Dragonflies, yeah. thank you for the Take on Me uh, emotes in chat. <laughs> right on, right on, nice. <laughs> I can't see the emotes because the letters are too small. Oh yeah, because you're on the <laughs> on iPad. My iPad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like an old man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 1993 Counterparts Rush's 15th studio album is released good album do you remember the, honestly I don't remember this album but when I looked at like the history of it it's like oh it's the, the first Rush album to go number two and it's their like second best selling album or something crazy like that it's like <laughs> what's on this album I was trying to figure it out and like Counterparts here let me look let me look at this quickly I got it's the blue cover but like I looked at the set list or the track list. I was like, most of these songs are never played ever. <laughs> so, but for some reason, it's like the second best selling Rush album or some to some. Extent. I mean, uh, Nobody's Hero. That's a good song. Yeah. And that's a song it's I got... don't remember. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. These, it's funny because when you do a deep dive of Rush's albums, there's these songs that you remember being so good. And then you but you forget about them down the road and then you go back and you're like, Oh yeah, that sounds really good. But how does it sound? I remember <laughs> that title. Like so I, I remember how nobody's hero goes. Like you would definitely like that song. 
there's a lot of slop at the base in that but but yeah that, like it's definitely compared to their other albums it's not as good but i i remember liking this one mm. it was a good one uh 1999 primus issued their sixth studio album anti-pop if you're into Ooh. super funky weird ass music by a bass player anti-pop's <laughs> actually like a really good album for that right on um, i'll have to check that out and then finally 2001 luciano pavarotti is acquitted of tax evasion in a trial in his home country italy <laughs> the opera star who was accused of owing the government 18 million uh i assume that was 2001 is that euros at that point anyways 18 million dollars of some denomination wow I, I i don't know if it was euros yet 2001 so it'd be the it'd be the lira it'd be the lira but that is so funny i i would never have thought Pavarotti would would i don't understand why like rich rich celebrities like celebrities clearly that have money why they choose to like evade taxes yeah no i i and it's funny because with a guy like Pavarotti, right? It's just like something that you would never expect because he's he's a man. You would assume he's a man of high class, right? I don't think so. And that yeah, he's got okay. his, that he's got his shit together, right? Like I don't know. I think I, yeah, I think yeah. so. The, but then, the, the persona is that, yes. Mm-hmm. But, like like it's, it's the same thing as like Frank Sinatra or Michael Bublé or like. Like, I, I don't know. But but then again, like, if you look at it, like, presidents have scandals and stuff like this, <laughs> right? And prime ministers. So, right. and they're supposed to be representing the country, right? So, uh, but yeah, that, that actually shocks me. Yeah. That shocked me. Cause, like, no, no, no. I, 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 get, I get your point. Because the actual public persona of that person is supposed to be, like, an opera singer. You're supposed to be, like, you know, have, like, a high yeah. moral standard. Yeah, you go to the opera. You don't go in jeans, right? You dress up, right? Like you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and and I'm sorry, not to, not to burst your bubble, but uh, Pavarotti, <laughs> he was. I don't know if he was ever convicted, but he was definitely accused of like sexual assaults, like multiple times he, over his life. So. He, he probably was, and <laughs> like, there's no like, and and just like based off of how climate change is going like in terms of pol- like social cues right mm-hmm. like i feel like it's definitely back in the day it's like when you watch an old james bond movie with sean connery you're like oh. wow <laughs> you cannot do that at all now <laughs> right so that's like yeah i i would i would i would I would agree with that, but, <laughs> but tax evasion, for some reason, I can't agree with I don't know why. <laughs> all right. I got it. I got it. Um, all right. Anyways, that's today in music history. Uh, a few, a few interesting things that happened today on uh, October 19th. Let's move on to the music news and there's a decent amount of it. Um, Here's some news for you, Eric. In 2005, director Gus Van Zandt released a film called Last Days. It's a sad movie based on the final days of a depressed, doomed rock star that was clearly inspired by Kurt Cobain. Now, British composer Oliver Leith has taken the Last Days story and created an opera of the same name. So, 
soon to be, there's going to be an opera that's based on Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain's life. Interesting. <laughs> it's not a combination I would ever think of wanting to listen to, <laughs> and I still don't think I'm interested. <laughs> I feel like this would be a like a spitting image of have you ever seen the movie forgetting sarah marshall yes i've seen that yeah when he makes the rock opera about dracula (laughs) and then he wants to make it serious but it ends up being this ridiculous like comedy show like i feel like this is that this is what this is gonna be (laughs) i just don't know what like what's the market for this like who yeah who's both into opera and kurt cobain there's not a big cross. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's not. Especially with grunge music. Yeah. Right? Like, I feel like grunge music is like the opera. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to go see Nirvana, man. Like, this ain't, this isn't, this isn't Teen Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, one day oh. it'll be out. The last days. I don't know if the opera is going to be called Last Days, but there will be a opera based on Kurt Cobain at some point. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, in other merchandise news, Ozzy Osbourne has entered a partnership with Rock and Roll Beauty to produce a line of makeup. Some of the colors uh, for the lipsticks and blushes will be called War Pigs, Crazy Train, and Crucify. That's actually kind of funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um yeah so if you're if you want ozzy osbourne branded makeup it's gonna be out pretty soon so there you go there you go Uh, it's 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 only for the goth audience in like in the uh in high school when everybody (laughs) like i want to be a goth and then they and then about i would say about 80 percent of them when they grow out of high school they're like yeah i don't know why i dress like that that's just something <laughs> i did um eric you're gonna i don't know if this is gonna make you cry or not but um mr cry Blake, isn't sad or cry is in laughter <laughs> no cry as in shock or sadness well, we'll okay see. we'll see what your reaction is but mr blake shelton has officially sold his rights to his entire recording catalog. The price has been undisclosed. Wow. Really? <laughs> yes, he sold his whole oh, recording wow. catalog. That's insane. <laughs> that okay? So has no doubt done the same thing then? Gwen Stefani no, has Gwen yet. Stefani done it? No. Interesting. Even wow. Blake Shelton, he sold it all. He's got like amazing hits, mm-hmm. and he still he still like his albums, even his newer albums. Like they're not like good in terms of like better or like from his previous ones that I really enjoy. But but there's still some good like it, there's enough on there that you like. Right? Yeah. But that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Um, and also, Blake Shelton is leaving The Voice officially. He's the I, I believe he's the longest. Um, what do they call him? Coach? They're not judges. Yeah. They're coaches, right? Yeah, he is going to officially leave the voice after next season, I believe. Do we know who's going to replace him? No. No word on who's going to replace And is Gwen Stefani still on there? No. I think she left already. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember. I haven't watched the voice in a long time. 
It's on its like but, 18th season or something. It's nuts. And and I actually quite enjoyed the voice because you actually get like good singers on there. <laughs> like it's not like you get people that are like it's like American Idol where you get like yeah, yeah. Johnny down the street. Like, <laughs> ah, I gotta sing a song. <laughs> and then you're just like you're just doing this just for views <laughs> right oh jen jen is saying gwen is back this season okay mm. right so. on. i always enjoyed their banter gwen and blake's <laughs> banter it's pretty funny <laughs> um another person who sold their uh publishing rights mr joey ramon has sold his publishing rights for no an estimated way 10 million dollars no way, <laughs> Joey Ramon. Yeah. Oh man, all these like against the system, man. You <laughs> so Jesus. It's uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know what's happening. It's just like all rules are out the door. Like growing mm. up, it was like I just remember. Oh, that band's a sellout. It's not cool to listen to that band anymore. Like, yeah, they did a commercial. No, I remember. Like, I remember being ridiculed. I remember being, like, I don't know about you, but like, I remember, yeah. like, especially at the beginning of high school, like when when we were becoming friends, Kem. Like, I remember people were just like, "I can't believe you're listening to him." Like, he sold out. Like, he did this commercial for like, just like Jesus. Like, you t- yeah. <laughs> And now it's just I remember, like everyone is just selling out, quote unquote selling I rem- out. I think it was Slash when Slash did the commercial for Volkswagen. Um, for <laughs> for can, like you can plug in the guitar into the car. Yeah, to the Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then John Mayer did one, which I thought was a cool. Like that riff that he plays in the actual commercial was really cool. And then Slash is in it, and then he has the stacked uh, Volkswagen cars as like stacked amps. And I thought that's kind of cool. And then. I was like, yeah, Slash. I remember when it was when Slash was coming out with his solo album, mm-hmm. and he collaborated like every song. Like he'd play with Fergie. I can't remember what it was called, uh, but Snake Pit, uh, right? yeah, that's it. And and people were like, "You're listening to that man? Slash sold out, man." <laughs> I'm like, really? Like he's still a good guitar player, right? <laughs> but you're right. You're totally right. Like now, now it's just like, yep. Yeah, I'll sell out. Neil Young, like anybody's game. Anybody is. I'm just I'm just so curious what it's like to like be in high school right now and like be hardcore into music like we were in high school. Like I just wonder like what are the rules? I can't like <laughs> Yeah, because they're I feel like after high school or at the end of high school is when you start kind of developing a backbone where you're like, I don't care, I like this band. Like yeah, go fuck yeah. yourself. But like right? But at the beginning you're like, Yeah, no, you're right. They sold out, they suck. Right. And secretly you listen to them. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I don't even know what the rule like what is what is considered cool now? Maybe we're just too old to be to know what's yeah. cool, but like <laughs> maybe that's a cool thing to do is sell out now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Uh, anyways. Um what is this? Okay. Here's a crazy story for you. So uh, on October 1st, at a Swedish rock band set by the the by the by Viagra Boys at the Desert Dave Festival, okay. uh, one special concert goer was in attendance. That one special human being decided to bring cheese 
and a cheese grater. Oh my god. As the concert was underway, this special human being was grating cheese above his head and other others' heads <laughs> as the band played. What? <laughs> he was just like above his head and like great cheese and great cheese on other people's heads. Oh my god. What kind of cheese was it? Uh, I don't think anyone confirmed what kind of cheese it was. <laughs> Probably a nice old cheddar cheese, maybe. Mm. I don't. That's pretty weird. Like, like, what are you, what are you doing with your life? Like, yeah, I got some cheddar cheese. Like, could you imagine going through security to get yeah. into the concert, how and did, then you're just like. It? Why do you have why do you have a brick of cheese and a grater? Like 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 just oh, like I'm on grating cheese over everybody's head. Like I just feel like that's like you need to leave, <laughs> right? Yeah, I wonder how he got that in. That's a good question. How did he get the grater yeah. into? Maybe he just stole yeah, it. From I'm gonna a have a picnic. <laughs> Maybe know. he stole it from a vendor. That, that's the only way. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's probably it. He probably stole it from a vendor. Hey, man. Sorry, we ran out of burgers. We don't have any cheese anymore. And some, some jackass stole the brick of cheddar cheese. Anyways, that happened at uh, the mm. Desert Day Festival. Um, in other festival news, uh, the Metaverse Music Festival is coming very soon. More than 100 artists have signed up and it will be happening on uh, November 10th to the 13th. Uh, headliners include Ozzy Osbourne and for some reason, Soldier Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always love when you get these lineups and you're like, ooh, did somebody decide this at all? <laughs> So, yeah, that's a strange double act: Soldier Boy and Ozzy Osbourne um, <laughs> at the Metaverse so Music strange. Festival. I'm still skeptical. Skeptical. Blah blah blah. I can't even. <laughs> skeptical. Yeah, I don't. Skeptical? I don't know uh, about. Now like, you got me whole, messed up. Yeah, I don't know about these Metaverse music festivals. I I don't know. Sitting at home with like a, a VR headset on my head and to watch. A music festival seems a bit strange to me. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, we've had this discussion before, but I would I would tune in online all day long if the band was playing. Like Post Malone did it um, during COVID uh, with uh, the drummer for Blood 182 there. Uh, uh, yeah, tra I was going to call him Trevor. <laughs> Travis Parker uh, and then like like it was good like I enjoyed it it was like a cool thing that he did for charity like I would do that all day long but to watch a virtual concert I just I just don't see the appeal to it yeah it seems strange I feel like it's gonna be a gimmick like it's it's just gonna, it's like remember when 3D movies came out on like oh good get the 3d version on your cinema man and then then you'd be like oh okay and then you had to get these like glasses with your tv oh, but but then it's like garbage well well do they advertise 3d tvs anymore 
No. no. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be the new 3D TV thing. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways. Unless uh, we're old and we don't know. We're just not seeing something here. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, another pretty useless things but at least this is uh going to a good cause british musician youngblood and gum five have teamed up to create a limited series of jewelry together they are selling a plastic necklace that has a piece of gum that youngblood chewed during his last american tour encased in its plastic it comes with a certificate of authenticity uh and thankfully the proceeds will go to charity I mean, <laughs> interesting. That's gross. He chewed this piece of gum and they encased it in plastic. And you're going to wear it as Again, a necklace. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's like a serial killer vibe thing there. You know, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I watched that new show on Netflix, the Jeffrey Don Danner or whatever his name Dom, is. Yeah, Dom, yeah. Yeah, but but I feel like this is like something that's up that alley. <laughs> it's just like, why would you want to wear a piece of chewed gum? <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, it's with the legit like chewing gum company, Gum Five. So, <laughs> I mean, why not? Right? Yeah. Does that mean that I can chew gum and start selling it online? I'm sure someone. I am sure someone will buy it for sure. You'll find a buyer for sure. (laughs) That'd be a great social experiment, you know. (laughs) How much do you think I could make on that? On that, like, and 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 I'm a nobody compared to him, right? I think you can make five bucks. (laughs) I think you could find someone to pay five bucks for that. We should do like a charity thing where where it's like <laughs> that's you on some bud, chew gum and sell it, and then we <laughs> donate the proceeds to charity. <laughs> um, actually, sorry, going back to the topic before, uh, chasing dragonflies feels like, in terms of the metaverse music festivals, it'd be pop- more popular if there was another pandemic. Still, again, I don't know. I would agree with you, Chasing Dragonflies. Like, as the pandemic kind of pretty much forced us to stay inside, like, you would not leave the house. You shall not pass the doorway of your home, right? Like, uh, I I can see it being big there because I I know streamers in terms of not watching streamers, but people who are creating streaming channels have gone up significantly during COVID. And same with podcasters and stuff like that because they had nothing else to do. So, um, I mean, I could see it being big, but again, I think it will be, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, look at the digital monkey dancing on the stage. And then it will it will fall by the way. It will it'll be the new 3D TVs. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. Uh, and Jen Jen will pay you $5 not to sell shoot gum. So, oh, well. there you go. You already got a buyer. <laughs> I already got a buyer. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I really don't want to talk about this man. But it's sort of important to note, <laughs> Kanye West back in the news, he's been kicked off Instagram and Twitter for basically freaking being an <laughs> asshole. Uh, but 
because he's been kicked off of uh, the major social media platforms, uh, he is now going to buy uh, a social media platform himself called Parler. Um, most like mainstream media will label Parler as like a an extreme alt right uh, social media platform. Probably a bit exaggerated, but he is buying mm-hmm. a tech company so that he can still talk about whatever the frick he wants to talk about and be an asshole about it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think we just need to ignore Kanye West at this point. His whole like like gap thing was a freaking disaster. I don't know who would buy <laughs> freaking clothes in a bag. It's so stupid. Mm. Man's an asshole. My my two cents on this topic is uh, not at Conway, Kanye West. It's more at the fact that it's like we have all these social media like interfaces and it's like it does the same freaking thing, right? <laughs> so it's like just like pick one. Like why do you have to create another one and exhaust everybody's <laughs> intelligence? <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I say to that. <laughs> but There you go. Um, in tech news, Urbanista, uh, who I believe makes clothing, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways, Urbanista and Adidas both have released solar-powered headphones. For th- so for those who forget to charge their headphones, you can actually charge these with the power of the sun as you walk around on, on your head. Ooh, that is a brilliant idea. Yeah, so it's like... You have the the band that goes on top of your head. That's a solar panel. So as you walk around, it charges your your headphones. That is a great idea. That is like that is smart because the amount of commuters out there that walk to the bus or walk to work or school or whatever they do, like that is brilliant. Yeah. Apparently it's like pretty good. Like Medio like average sound quality, average comfort, but the actual solar power piece that powers the battery, it works really well. So, mm-hmm. you know, first iteration. If that's if that's the reviews that come out on that, that's pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah, I wonder how they sound. I think most people are saying like it's just an average sounding headphone. Okay, which isn't too bad. Yeah, it's not right? terrible, but it's not like super bass heavy, and it's not like yeah crisp sennheisers or anything but it's like not bad for the price which is funny because i always i I feel like you're the same way like when we went to hawaii there we got into the rental vehicle and people just crank up the eq base (laughs) to like 10 and then they put down the treble and the mid to zero and it's like what are you doing (laughs) like like it's like what like I, I lose my mind. Julia laughs at me every single time because I lose my mind. I'm like, no, you gotta crank up the bass, man. I'm like, you're an idiot. Like, I just want to slap you in the face. Yeah, I don't know but, how yeah. people listen to music like that. It's just like a rumble. It's so muffled mm-hmm. if you do that. But like, yeah, yeah. power. <laughs> like, just so like, oh, it's, yeah, it's disgusting. But I don't know. I yeah. guess some people. But that's a that. funny thing. That's a funny thing. I always laugh about headphones. They're like, there's not enough bass in the <laughs> headphones. It's like, are you actually kidding me right now? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, back into uh, music news. BTS, the biggest K-pop boy band around, will be doing their two-year mandatory military service in South Korea. They have confirmed 
Uh, so in South Korea, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Men, men ages uh, 18 to 35 must spend a minimum of 18 to 21 months in the military. Uh, so they decided to uh, to to stick to the laws, and they will be serving their two year uh, military service. Uh, the band are expected to reform in 2025 once all the members are out of the military, which is a long time from now. For that is a long hiatus, especially for a pop band. Like mm-hmm. I'm, cu- I. I'm sure when they come back, it's going to be huge. But like, I can think of a lot of bands who who even take a year off or two years off, and it's over for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, like if like I don't know the popular like I know they're big, but I don't know the popularity and how much like fan base they are. But um, I mean, if they take the time. Who knows? They could be in the same troop or whatever going through at the same time, right? Like you might as well write the write music on your downtime, right? In that and make some really good hits, right? Because you're going to want to come like because if you don't come back with a bang, then you'll just fall mm. like you'll just disappear, right? That's that's where I think that they'll fail if they don't come back. They're like, oh yeah, they're coming back, and they're like, what the fuck is this song? All right, that's true. So actually you mm-hmm. might know I, I didn't think about this question before, it just came to my head. You might know this better, but like if you're in the military, are you allowed to like be a social media influencer? Like are you allowed to like sell products mm-hmm. and stream and shit while in the military? Yeah. Nice. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Like and then it's the same with in the policing world as well. Like like one of my closest friends has the Unreasonable Grounds podcast and he yeah. talks about like lighter things on the on the emergency response side and and like he's always afraid of people coming on and saying the wrong thing just because he doesn't want to get in trouble but like he's he like so far he's doing well so like i mean so I, like and i'm sure it's the same it's just like you can't really like you'd have to watch what you say a little bit right yeah i mean there like, are boy obviously bands, if- so they're not going to say anything offensive so exactly like if it's based on a music i think they're gonna be completely fine yeah so okay okay anyways they're going to be doing their military service a lot of people thought they were going to be exempt just because of their cultural impact but mm-hmm. they're gonna do it it'd be interesting it'd be interesting because like it'd be kind of neat if they did like little side stuff of like because mm-hmm. they probably like social media is big for pushing bands nowadays but like if they're like, yeah, and this is a little sneak peek of a somber writing, right? Like, if yeah. they if they add stuff like that, that'd be kind of neat. I yeah. think they would hook people in, but they but they'd have to come up with something really damn good in order to hook people, right? Yeah. Um, I guess the biggest news story of the past two weeks: Blink One Eighty Two are back. Tom DeLonge is back in the band that leaves Max Skiba of uh, what's his band, Alkaline Trio, I think. I forget mm-hmm. his band, but he's out of the band now, and Tom DeLonge is back in. Uh, so the last time Tom was in the band was 2015, and they're going back on tour. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> I get that Tom is sort of, you know, it's the classic lineup, but I've seen them live. 
He's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> they should they should really go with the Green Day model where like Green Day mm -hmm. how they market is they're a trio, but there's always that fourth guy playing guitar in the background. Yeah. Like since the beginning. They should do that for people too. That's a really good point. That they should totally do that because then it's like, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah, like Tom can't play guitar live. It's ridiculous. Well, it's like it's like any like a lot of good bands do that. Like Tragically Hip, they have a keyboard player that always goes on tour with them, but they're not considered a part of the Tragically <laughs> Hip when they're when they're doing the photographs and everything like that, right? So, yeah. um, but yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. Um. Anyways, Blink One Eight Two are back. Ticket prices are ridiculous. They're like two hundred fifty bucks for like nosebleed. So good luck with that. Jesus, <laughs> don't want to see them that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good luck getting tickets. Um. Mm. But yeah. Uh. In other touring news, Pearl Jam are committed to paying two hundred dollars per ton of CO two that they create on their Giganton tour. Uh. So their current tour that they're on. Uh, to in comparison, in general, most carbon offset markets have an average of one dollar to fifteen dollars per ton. Pearl Jam are paying two hundred dollars per ton, so they're they're <laughs> committing to their green initiative, or at least their stance mm. on uh, being CO two neutral. Um, so good on them. Yeah. Um, I actually had a similar story. Let me just skip to that. Uh, so sticking with sort of like the green initiatives, a venue in Glasgow, uh, it's called the SWG3, has gone green. It powers their whole venue and surrounding buildings with concert goers' body heat. The heat is absorbed through pipes with liquid in them, uh, which is transferred to a battery room that stores the heat and energy for later use. Hmm. That I can get behind. I feel like yeah, absorbing people's body heat and using that for energy. That's a pretty good idea. That'd be interesting, but I feel like there probably is some sort of complication to that. Like, uh, Oh, so we didn't know this at the time, but now you have like stage a hundred cancer or something like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how they would extract that, but uh, <laughs> I feel, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, you know, vaping, like, Watch in the next five years, they're going to be like, oh my God, there's a new disease. That's what started COVID with the vaping. Like, like, but I'm just talking out of my ass here. <laughs> yes, we're not scientists. We're just making shit up. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's going to be in the news. Eric Brown claims that vaping started COVID. <laughs> it totally makes sense, guys. Yeah. Conspiracy theorist over yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Queen, the band, have released a brand new song with Freddie Mercury on vocals. So in 1988, Queen was recording their album, The Miracle. Uh, the rec they recorded the song uh, called Face It Alone. It didn't make the record, and somehow they lost the song. Once the band started going through their files uh, for the reissue of The Miracle, they found the song again and decided to release the song officially. So uh, it's actually a pretty good song. And man, Freddie Mercury... Just sounds so good. He, I would, I would argue, he's probably the greatest vocalist. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he's just so damn good. Like, like, I don't know what it is about Queen, and like whoever doesn't like Queen, I always like. Why don't you? I want you to convince me why you don't like them. 
because they're so good as a band. Yeah. <laughs> like, man. Yeah. But anyways, uh, Face It Alone is the new song by Queen, uh, the lost Face song. And it actually sounds... I'm gonna, Freddie Mercury sounds very good on it. I'm going to download it right now just so I can listen to it. That that makes me excited. Yeah. Um, in other news, the Australian government has minted a special set of coins to celebrate um acdc's 50th anniversary a series of one dollar silver coins and a 20 cent coins will be issued uh, however they will not be considered legal tender and is intended only for memorabilia but still acdc 50 years coming up and australia wow. is minting coins for them that's when you know you made it when you get your freaking <laughs> face on a coin no kidding like you know, like like I remember when Leonard Cohen passed, they had Leonard Cohen coins here yeah. at the Canadian Mint, and I remember being like, "Yeah, that definitely a legend." You know, you're a legend when you make it on a coin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sticking with some ACDC news, ACDC are also releasing a children's alphabet book called the ACDC ABCD. <laughs> <laughs> The book teaches kids the alphabet by using rhymes, rhyme themes on ACDC. So I have an example for you. A is for Angus, who thinks it's good luck to wear a school uniform and walk like a duck. <laughs> Amazing. It will be released in November of this year. Oh, I'm totally picking that up. I'm totally picking that up. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, it's just, it's such a mouthful. The ACDC, ABCD. That's so confusing. ABCD. That is, that is a mouthful for sure. <laughs> um, last two things. KK Downing, the former Judas Priest guitarist, will be reuniting with Judas Priest for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction performance. So be nice to see KK Downing back on stage with Judas Priest, even though they've had mm-hmm. uh, drama. Uh, and they hate each other, but it'd be pretty cool to see them <laughs> perform again, just because he's such an important part of that band. Um, and the last uh, ridiculous piece of music news uh, coming out of this week, Jonathan Davis of Corn has announced that he will be launching a new line of pet merchandise, and his new company is called Freak on a Leash. Freak on a Leash. Which is Korn's, uh most successful song they've released off their follow the leader album (laughs) telling you when you start making pet stuff for dogs marketing scheme all the way (laughs) see this is another thing right like corn if you told me as a child that jonathan davis was selling dog merchandise i would have been like he's a sellout as a child but yeah. now it's like oh that's sort of funny jonathan davis is selling dog merchandise it's like yeah know. now it's just funny oh jonathan yeah. davis yeah <laughs> the guy who's like super suicidal and sings about how depressed he is and like yep. yeah <laughs> no exactly yeah no i 100 percent agree with you it's ridiculous <laughs> Go take your dog for a walk while listening to corn. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, all right, let's. Uh, that's it for the music news. Let's get on to the album review. Um, this week we are uh, we have uh, listened to the brand new album by Arkells, Blink Twice. So Arkells are a Canadian rock band formed in Hamilton, Ontario. Blink Twice is their seventh studio album and was released on September twenty third, twenty twenty two. So Eric, initial thoughts on this album okay arkells is one of the bands i really like them i really do i've <laughs> this is not i've seen not them sounding good <laughs> i've seen them live right i loved it watching them live um but i have a problem with the arkells in terms of their albums because there's not like their first album square uh square something i can't help you with this uh, yeah, hang on. Let me get it. Let me get it. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I know nothing about the history of Arkells. Uh, Jackson Square. Jackson Square. The first album, amazing indie album. If you like indie slash alternative rock, that that is the album for you. Um, there are other albums, on the other hand, coming out. They're like the Arkells. Like I've always liked them as a band. Um, but if you listen to their album like after Jackson Square, I feel like there's always like a handful of songs on each album that are really, really good. And then the rest of them are complete trash. Like <laughs> garbage songs. <laughs> like like and, and that's the thing. Like and I'm always hesitant listening to a new Arkells album because I'm always I know what it's gonna be like. I know there's gonna be a few handful of songs that I really like. And then there's going to be the songs that are garbage, like garbage songs, <laughs> right? And and literally, like, and that's that's what I feel about this album too. Right? <laughs> I, I feel like, and and I really like them. I really like them. I've seen them live. They're awesome. They're kick ass live, right? Um, there are a handful of songs on this album that I really really enjoyed, and that I would definitely add to my music library to listen to from now until I die. But uh there are songs on here that i'm like what is this song <laughs> right like like and i feel like that's what it was like for the opening reckoning right like it has oh, some hooks yeah, yeah. and then and then then you have these kids singing uh, like spelling out reckoning and i'm like it just took away from the song it was a weird. Bit. and it was weird it was very weird but then you have songs like uh human being is really good I really like the song with Tegan and Sarah that he did, Teenage Tears. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's another song. I can't remember which one it was now, um, but it but it had a bunch of saxophones in it. Um, it had this, like, saxophone riff kind of in the interlude between the chorus and the, and the, and the verse, which I enjoyed. And then the, the last song in the album I thought was pretty, like, it was really well done. Mm-hmm. But, again, handful of songs. <laughs> The rest are garbage. And it sucks because as soon as I heard Reckoning as the first song, I'm like, oh, man, no. <laughs> this is just like the same formula, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, okay, so this is the very first Arkells album I've ever listened to because I've never, I've never been interested other than the time I saw them in South Korea where Air Canada flew them in and I was like, room of maybe a hundred people all canadians Mm -hmm. in south korea and it was on front row and just like jamming it was like such a cool experience and the arkells honestly as a live band like they're phenomenal but like they're phenomenal yeah 
I've never been interested in a single song they've ever like released on the radio. Mm -hmm. I was like, mm, okay, cool. It's just another alt rock song and whatever. <laughs> so like listening to this album, it's like, okay, I'm expecting alt rock. Hopefully it's not boring. And that's sort of what I got with this album. Ultimately, mm -hmm. it was just a, okay, cool. These are songs, but they're not, there's nothing <laughs> like really special about it. I will say past mm -hmm. life was my favorite song. The one with cold war kids on it. Uh, featuring Cold War Kids. That okay. Was my, yeah, that was my yeah. favorite song on the album. Uh, I do agree with mm -hmm. you, uh, Human Being with uh, Lights on it. That was a really good song. Like, there were good songs on here. But for the most part, I never came away like humming the melody or thinking those mm -hmm. were like really deep lyrics. Like, there was nothing in these songs. I was like, okay, that's that's like something like interesting. It was all just like, okay, it's a song. So mm -hmm. it's mostly a meh for me on this album. Like I, I don't really I, have much to like say about it. I I agree with you too. And and I felt like I don't know if you felt this too, but some of the songs I felt were better produced than others. Oh yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Which was which kind of took away like and that's and, and I feel like that's a common thing with Arkell's albums, is that there's always these songs that are like did you record this in the same studio or did the, 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 the person mixing the song just got tired and gave up? And <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like this is definitely a album that is easily forgettable, unfortunately, because again, I agree with you. I've seen them live. They opened up for them crooked vultures. Oh. I've seen them headline before and they were awesome. They were fantastic. I really enjoy them. I enjoy a lot of their songs, and I really like the Arkells. But I just like as albums as a whole. I just I can't do it. I just can't do it, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Just like, and and back to that pr production point. Like Reckoning sounds like. It's more it's more like electronic hip hop producer did it and then he went into past mm -hmm. life, which was very like garage rock type of song. I was like, this is these two songs don't belong in the same album together. It was mm -hmm. there was a lot of like weird things like that. I was like, hmm. Okay. Yeah. I feel like there was a lot of corners cut. Yeah. Yeah. With this, but um Anyways, uh, let's let's give our final thoughts and ratings on this one. What are you What are you gonna give it? I I hate doing this because I love Canadian bands. I think Canadian music is really good, and there's a lot of good Canadian music out there that we can appreciate it. But I gotta give this like a four out of ten. <laughs> like, like I have to give this a four out of ten compared to, and, and this is based off of other albums I've listened to. This is definitely an easy, like, blink twice before you even listen to this album. That's what I say. To that. <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah, I'm sort of in the same boat. I'm giving it a 5 out of 10 just because it's like, mm -hmm. cool. Average songs, average album. There's nothing mm -hmm. too much to complain about it, but there's also nothing too much to rave about it. So 5 out of 10 for me, my friend. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because they're actually a really good band. <laughs> They're a really good band, and I hate giving them a low rating because, especially if, if they watch this episode, I'm like, I love you guys, I love you a lot, but but I just, you know, <laughs> make better, make an album with all your hit songs. 
Yeah. And then, like, with that quality, and you will be just like 10 out of 10 in my books. Uh, anyways, that was the that was our discussion about the latest album Blink Twice by Arkells. Uh, for those of you following along with us every single week, the next album we are going to be listening to, and this is going to be so funny, but the next album will be The End So Far by Slipknot, the brand yes. new album that came out by Slipknot. This is going to be... I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on Slipknot because... Um, I'm definitely not a diehard Slipknot fan, but I've listened to a lot of Slipknot, so I'm very interested. So, I've never listened to a Slipknot album. I think I've listened to a hand, like a couple of songs here and there. Um, so I'm actually I don't know why, but I'm excited for this album. <laughs> I'm really excited to review this album. So we're gonna see, we're gonna see how this goes. Uh, but yeah, yeah. The, the end so far. Slipknot's latest album will be for next week. All right. Let's let's finish this off, Eric. Last yes. last segment, thief or not a thief. Here we go. So the two questions or the two songs in question for this week is uh, Pump It Up by Elvis Costello versus Brutal by Olivia Rodrigo. So Pump It Up is a 1978 song by Elvis Costello and The Attractions. The song was intended as a commentary on the Stiff's live tour, which was a tour of bands signed to Stiff's records. Costello participated in this tour, and the tour itself was notable for its sex, drugs, and rock and roll debauchery. Costello would later say that the lyrics were satire. Uh, It goes against the grain of hedonism. He would also comment... Uh, well, just how much can you fuck? How many drugs can you do before you get so numb you can't really feel anything? The song itself was inspired by Bob Dylan's subterranean homesick blues. Bob Dylan would say to Costello one day that, uh, U2, so the, the actual band U2, how could they do that to you? How could they take your song like that? Costello would later realize that he was he was egging him on because of the similarities between U2's Get On Your Boots and this song, Pump It Up by Elvis Costello, which is similar to Dylan's Subterranean Homesick Blues, which in turn is similar to Chuck Berry's Too Much Monkey <laughs> Business. Pump It Up would reach number 24 in the UK and is one of Costello's most well-known songs. Many critics would go on to say it's one of Costello's greatest songs ever. Brutal is the opener to American singer-songwriter Olivia Rodrigo's debut album, Sour. It's an alt-rock, grunge, pop-punk tune with lyrics expressing teenage frustration, fears, and worries. Upon release, it was brought to Costello's attention to which he would state, quote, This is fine by me. It's how rock and roll works. You take the broken pieces of another thrill and make a brand new toy. That's what I did. End quote. So, Eric, these two songs for you. What do you think? Pump It Up by Elvis Costello and The Attractions versus Brutal by Olivia Rodrigo. I mean, out of this whole Thief or No Thief series that we have going on here, I feel like this is the best. This is the best one. Um, I love both these songs. I think that Olivia Rodrigo album is like solid. I love Pump It Up by Elvis Costello, and I love that he said that, you know, like and it is right like you listen to guitar players like for a perfect example like all the riffs come from somewhere right and and you know all these old greats like buddy guy bb king they all said like rock and roll and blues like like you know keep 
keep our lifeline going essentially mm-hmm. right like this riff is from this person and then this person takes it from the like and and i think that's awesome definitely they sound similar like the riff is pretty close but it's it's i feel like it's different enough that it constitutes as two different songs right even the songs beforehand like like it's still a bit different enough that you can still enjoy it as a new song so i mean i good on Elvis costello for saying that like i feel like that is a true musician right there yeah yeah no the the riff is probably the the contentious part there right because mm-hmm. they are so similar the guitar riff and uh pump it up and then basically like the instrumental interludes which is the intro and throughout the whole song for brutal is like pretty much the same like descending riff uh from pump it up it's like pretty mm-hmm. much the same but the two songs are pretty distinct in terms of they are definitely mm-hmm. individual songs it happens to just share the same riff as each other so yeah this one was an interesting one for me um oh i should also note that no songwriting credits were exchanged so elvis costello is not listed as a songwriter on uh brutal Mm. um because there was no lawsuit at the end of the day but uh yeah but what do you think in this case thief or not a thief so the one question that i have i'd be very interested to see if olivia rodrigo has listened to elvis costello yeah you don't know and that that would be that would be interesting to me because if not that's a pretty interesting like rip because it's definitely sounds similar but there's a there's like the subtle differences that you're like okay it could be a little bit it could be different mm-hmm. but like this one was definitely a tough one to figure out i remember listening i have listened to both of these songs multiple times because i was like i don't know what i feel like <laughs> i really don't know what i feel but after saying Costello said that, you know, like that's what rock and roll is, you know, picking up the broken pieces and making a new toy. I'm going to have to say it is a thief, but this is done gracefully well. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just funny because like pump it up. If you listen to it, like it's definitely Bob Dylan's subterranean homesick blues. Like those two songs are way more similar. Mm-hmm. And then that song is similar to too much monkey business by Chuck Berry. So there's a whole like line of rock and roll royalty there. that are just like <laughs> stealing from each other essentially. Um, but the thing is Olivia Rodrigo, 18 years old. Do you think she listened to Elvis Costello at this point in her, in her Look. life? I mean, I would have high respects for Olivia Rodrigo if she did. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I for me, I'm I'm leaning towards not a thief. That's mm. like a fifty-one percent not a thief. I think it seems like too much. It seems more coincidence than it is her mm. actually listening to a, a Costello record and taking that riff subconsciously mm. for her own song that for me that's seems more likely um so i'm gonna go with not a thief from my end but with the smallest margin <laughs> um okay and our closing question is who did it better i mean both these songs are really good 
and I and I felt like and I remember we talked about Olivia Rodrigo's um wave like before on a on a podcast long ago and I I feel like I remember saying that this was such a good opener for the album. Yeah. Like it was unreal. So this this is a tough one for me and and it's not by much who wins this. I'm going to have to say Elvis Costello because I really like Pump It Up, but it's not by much. It is honestly like it's like a margin. And and there's a room there that you could probably convince me that Olivia Rodrigo is the better song. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm on the same fence as you. I'm going to say Pump It Up is the better song, but again, by the smallest margin. I just think... Mm-hmm. Oh man, Pump It Up is just such a good song. And lyrically, it's just like spot on perfect. Mm-hmm. Not to say Brutal isn't. Brutal is such a good song in itself. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Pump It Up did it better. Or Elvis Costello. Nice. Did it <laughs> that one was a tough one. That was a tough one. That was probably the toughest one we've had on the episode so far. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. So we said nothing controversial this week, which is great. We've survived another round, another week of not being canceled. <laughs> so there you go. Um, all right, that's it. That's our show. That's the Crossroads Music Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, we're going to be here again next Wednesday here at twitch.tv slash uh, the Crossroads Music Podcast at 10 p.m. ET, 7 p.m. PT. There you go. I still got it. Um, join us on the Discord. Uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, all the places where you get your podcasts. Uh, I think that's it. I think I covered everything. Mm-hmm. Um, keep listening to music. Stay rock and roll. Eric, any closing thoughts? comments don't don't sell your catalogs (laughs) (laughs) perfect all right have a good night everyone see you all later